0: listener production. Oh God, I feel and look so disgusting. (laughs) This is 35. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It is. My hip is damaged. (laughs) I've got two bung eyes. I'm in bed in my pajamas at 12 p.m. on a weekday, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is 35. All right.
1: Yeah, you jump straight on that slippery slope (laughs) at 35 years old and trust me, babe, it doesn't get much better. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> Take it away, my dulcet-toned Adonis.
1: <laughs> oh, hello, Gistners, and welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a fascinating topic that we think you'll be desperate to share at a dinner party Happy birthday Rosie. <laughs>
0: thank you. Uh, thank you. Yes it was my birthday on Sunday and I turned the big three five. The big three five and um, I'm feeling it already.
1: <laughs> Everything's gone to shit since then.
0: It's all downhill from here. So um, I well, I came to Sydney for my birthday which was super fun. And Mm -hmm. I stayed at my sister's house uh, with all the bebés. And because children are cesspools of germs and disease, Mm -hmm. I got back to Adelaide yesterday and woke up this morning with a very disgusting case of conjunctivitis.
1: So (laughs) one
0: eye was like pus closed shut and swollen up like a golf ball. And I can feel it like moving the other eyes tingly. So I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. So... I'm sitting here in bed recording and I've got a roll of toilet paper next to me so I can periodically wipe away the weeping ooze coming out of my eyes. <laughs> i going to go to the doctor this afternoon and get some drops, but um, this is 35, my friend. G-L-A-N. <laughs> M O R O U S, yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you for sharing more of that award-winning content.
0: <laughs> I've really, I've really um become one of those insufferable people who talks a lot about their health issues the last few weeks. I'm so, I just, yeah, I just realised we have started the last few episodes with me talking about the newest way in which my old decrepit body is shutting down. <laughs> It's all it's all over. It's all ending.
1: And it'll happen to you, dear listeners, who are in your 20s.
0: But you had um quite a milestone in your life as well this past weekend because you and our dear friend Emily came to my family lunch at Tai Patong mm. in Newtown, our favourite place to go, because they let us go into our own special room so the children <laughs> can run around like ferals and don't bother anyone else. And... Mm-hmm. um. At one stage during the lunch, Aya was being particularly demanding and I said, and she kept asking me to take her for a walk and I said, well, you know, Jacob really wants to take you for a walk.
1: (laughs) Fully threw me in it.
0: And so um, then Jacob, sir, you took my uh, four-year-old niece Aya for a walk and Mm. then Muhammad demanded to go, so eight-year-old Muhammad went with you too and for the first time in your life you bought children toys
1: yes never ever done that normally when my friends have kids I buy the mother a bottle of champagne in (laughs) celebration (laughs) and let everyone else handle buying the clothing and the books and all the entertainment because there's always plenty of that I'm Mm. there for the mums yeah um but yes the lucky children happened to find the toys that they really, really wanted. And um, I couldn't help but feel that it'd be rude for me to <laughs> not buy them the toys that they got so excited that they found on our little adventure around Newtown. So yes, I've now spent my own money on toys for children. Honestly, I don't recognize myself anymore.
0: <laughs> and you know, that thing you bought, Aya, um, was broken in less than 12 hours. Yeah. It cracked surprised. and all the water came out of it. It was one of those <laughs> little water things where you push the buttons and the, you have to get the little rings on the little poles. Mm. Yeah, broken <laughs> broken already.
1: Ah, oh, well, it, it was a good investment if she had some fun with it before it was destroyed.
0: But considering Muhammad was terrified of you the first time he met you.
1: Oh, yeah, he's come a very <laughs> long way. Very long way. Yeah. I've been around kids I think every day for the last couple of weeks cuz my little I... nephew's been staying here day to day as well and he's so adorable. I think I've I told you his name for me. He can't say Jacob so he calls me Gay Pig.
0: Gay Pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. <laughs> he's not the first person to give me that title. <laughs> Are you Gay Pig getting clucky?
1: Oh, I'm certainly not getting anywhere (laughs) close to that precipice. No, No, no. Um, no. but I'm getting much more tolerant. I think it's one of those exposure things.
0: Yes. Oh yeah, it is. Exposure Mm. therapy. Well, you were great Mm. with the kids on the weekend. And look, when my sister's all five kids are in one place, it's a scene, man. It's, it's a whole thing. I mean, you were there with the babies and Aya and Muhammad and Alira. It was a lot.
1: It's not just a scene, it's a soundscape. There's just yeah. <laughs> so much going on with all of the senses, really. <laughs> yes. The noises that they're making, the noises that their screens are making, the noises that their toys are making. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's a lot. But anyway, it was a lovely birthday and then you, me and Emily went for a little night on the town and because mm-hmm. we we're in our 30s, we were home by 10.30, mm-hmm. which was <laughs> lovely. And it was fun. So, yay, this is 35. And now my body has... Literally broken down mm. and I'm not sure I'll make it through week's end. So if I'm not <laughs> back next week, <laughs> you know it's because I'm a lady and I simply hit that age where I'm no longer relevant to society and I merely turn to dust and s- swept away in the wind. <laughs> That's it. Um, oh, Ooh. should we do some breaking news? <laughs> Let's <laughs> okay. get into it. Do, 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 do. Breaking news, a breaking news, I got the scoop. I see X-ray, X-ray, read all about it, a breaking news. Do, 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 do. Okay, first of all, I know you haven't watched it, but everyone, Mayor of Easttown, Ugh, the finale was on and I am desperate to talk to you, Jacob, about it. So you've got mm-hmm. to watch it all this week and everybody okay. who watched it knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. Have okay. you heard of it at all? No. It's a mini series on Binge, which I think, Mm -hmm. do you have my login? Everyone has my logins for everything.
1: No, but I'll get it from you.
0: It's a mini series on Binge starring Kate Winslet. Mm -hmm. I think it's six episodes, it was six or seven episodes. And it's kind of just like a murder mystery, but it is really cool. And it was one of those like kind of, it's the first time I felt like I was doing a kind of community viewing again for the first time, like, cause Uh they dropped them week by a week which mm-hmm. feels weird now when we binge everything and the day the last episode came out it's all anybody online was talking about like wanting to know who had done it how she was going to solve it what was going to happen like it was so much fun to watch
1: okay so
0: i need you to watch it so we Deal. can talk about it it was amazing okay. mayor of easter i
1: still haven't got around to watching paddington 2 or oh. citizen kane
0: well paddington I- 2 i've got some news for you oh okay Uh, It got knocked off the number one (laughs) best movie of all time rating. (laughs) Okay, so let me bring up, I wait, hold on. I've got a little story here that I saved so I can tell you. So Mm. as um, everybody knows, we talked about it, was it last week or last episode or the episode before that um, Paddington 2 overtook Citizen Kane as what is considered the greatest movie of all time according Mm. to very respected site Rotten Tomatoes. Because an old, bad review of Citizen Kane from the 40s was found and digitised and put on the internet, which Mm -hmm. knocked Citizen Kane out of the top spot. Mm -hmm. Now, this, of course, made film snobs really, really mad and they couldn't handle it, even though it's hilarious and perfect. And I think it's great that Paddington 2 was considered the best (laughs) film of all time. But one particular film reviewer in the last week wrote a bad review of Paddington 2 to drop it from a 100% positive review rating to a 99% positive review rating. Oh, what a
1: jerk. And
0: he says that he didn't do it because of the Citizen Kane thing. He says that when when the movie came out back in 2017, he um, reviewed it negatively on radio, so Mm. it wasn't a written review, it was just a spoken review. And so he's like, it's proven that I did give it a bad review back then and I simply in the last week happened to write that review down and publish it and it just happened to be right after Paddington 2 was considered the number one movie. So because of of this guy's bad review that he published in the last week, Paddington 2 has been knocked off the top spot but Citizen Kane didn't bounce back up to number one. Do you want to Mm -hmm. know what's number one now? Speed 2. Toy Story 2.
1: Oh! Which, okay. is,
0: <laughs> which is possibly the greatest movie of all time. I mean, it won an Oscar. It's mm-hmm. the best. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: What did it win the Oscar for?
0: Best animated feature. Okay. I think, uh-huh. Wasn't it?
1: I don't know.
0: I don't know. Um,
1: I think I was traumatised in the end by Toy Story 3 and 4 because they just started to get darker and darker.
0: Is Toy Story 3 the one where they all are slowly moving towards the fire incinerator, incinerator and they accept their own deaths.
1: Yeah, yeah. They just Wowzers. come to terms with the fire <laughs> inferno they're about to go into. Yeah, that was that was uh, an intense yeah. cinematic moment.
0: That was mm. an intense cinematic moment. So, yes, that was part of my breaking news this week. Oh, another one that um, only just <laughs> happened in the house before we started. Mm. So Caleb um, has a really bad ingrown toenail. Uh. And... <laughs> See, I've done Just
1: it. I've, anything. you things could get sexier.
0: I've moved on to someone else's health problems now. So <laughs> he said the funniest thing to me this morning, I died laughing. So he has gotten treatment the last month, but it's not really doing anything. So he has to go in to get surgery on Friday mm. to get it, like, cut out. But um, he got treatment for it a few weeks ago where the podiatrist, like, Cut a bunch of it out, and mm, and you know, so he's has not been allowed to get it wet. So for the last couple of weeks, he has this bandage on it, and every time before he takes a shower, he has to um, put a uh, because plastic bags don't really work. And the doctor told him the best thing to use is a disposable glove. So every time he has a shower, <laughs> he has a disposable glove on his foot. <laughs> Why have
1: you not photographed this oh, and sent it to me
0: already? I should have, I should have. <laughs> um, and, so, and so he's been doing that. And then he said to me this morning, because I uh, left to com- come to Sydney for my birthday, what, La uh, last Saturday or something? Yep. I don't know. And anyway, he said to me just today, he's like, oh, Rosie, I think before you left when you were cleaning up, you threw away my last rubber glove, like mm-hmm. my last disposable glove. And I said, "Oh, did I?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I tried to shower with a plastic bag, but it just got all wet. So, like, I really need the gloves. And I said, oh, "Okay." And he said, "And because I didn't have any gloves, I didn't know what to do. So, I just haven't showered for four days." <laughs> 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 and I just, oh. I literally fell off the couch laughing. I was like, "Is that your only solution?" <laughs> <laughs> It's not an unsolvable problem.
1: He usually seems so capable, but every (laughs) now and then he reminds us all that he is actually a 21-year-old after all. (laughs) I
0: know. (laughs) So I just, when he said that, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, oh, my God, I'm surprised you didn't just spontaneously combust and die while I was away for less than a week. Less than a week. Wow! hilarious. Oh, this one's really crazy. And I think I may have told you this when we were super pissed on my birthday night, but if mm. I did, I can't remember. But <laughs> if did you I would. Did you know? <laughs> did you know that Jennifer Lopez is 51, right? This mm. year. Yeah. Which is the same age that Rue McClanahan was when she started playing Blanche on Golden Girls. <laughs> wow. I know. <gasps> mm. Times it's have crazy. changed. Like so, all these memes are going around with the two of them next to each other, which seem kind of mean spirited. Mm. But the thing, yeah, that's what I'm trying to understand. It's like, have times changed? Because when you look at Rue McClanahan, she looks quite. She's just got that very dated hairstyle. Like all yep. the, they had, all the women back then had the short gray. Hair And um. they wore the they wore the baggy pants and the baggy long flowing like blouses and the baggy long flo- flowing scarves. And like so is it just that like but if you put JLo's hairstyle on her and dressed her mm. in some more youthful clothing, she would actually look quite young. So is it just that the style for older women has changed or is it that we look at older women differently or is it also that... Obviously, this is part of it that Jennifer Lopez is F, and Jennifer Lopez, and not a lot of people are gonna look that amazing at fifty-one because she has money and time and everything. But like, mm. what is it? I don't, I, I can't wrap my head around it.
1: A big part of it is procedures. Like, I definitely yes, think right? yes, people continue to style themselves in a youthful way for longer, um, as a way of making sure that they're still a relevant commodity for yeah. longer they're able to then get away with doing that because there's been so many incredible advancements made in skincare and injectables and lasers mm. and like all of those procedures there, you know, they weren't available back then and they are now. So And
0: also she looks like she spends about 17 hours in each 24 hour day working out. Mm-hmm. Like I, I truly think she does spend yep. a crazy amount of time working out. She's mm-hmm. got like an eight pack. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And she doesn't drink. That's a big part of it as well. That's true.
0: She probably doesn't eat anything fun, so like you.
1: Mm. She just does, you know, lots of yoga, gets lots of sleep, drinks a lot of water, (laughs) green
0: juices. Yeah, just Mm. drinking more water, getting enough sleep. That makes all the difference. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's just... It's crazy to me because when I was younger, I truly considered the Golden Girls old ladies. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's because I thought 50 was old. I think it's because I thought they were older than 50. In my head, Mm -hmm. I thought they were old ladies. Mm -hmm. And I still look at them now and think, yeah, they're old ladies. And I look at Jennifer Lopez and I'm like, that's not an old lady.
1: No, yeah.
0: So I don't don't know. It's really messing with people's (laughs) heads. It's made me think a lot about gender dynamics and beauty standards and feminism and all kinds of things.
1: And we're sitting here in our mid-30s complaining about how they're falling (laughs) to pieces.
0: (laughs) I'm definitely going to be more Golden Girls than Jennifer Lopez when I'm 51, that's for sure.
1: Oh, I aspire to it. Yes. I want nothing else.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So Peppa Pig, the kid's little weird cartoon, Mm. had an episode banned in Australia that is not banned anywhere else because Mm. the episode had a message like the moral of the little story of the episode was spiders can't hurt you (laughs) and in Australia people were like oh yeah they can (laughs) oh but they can (laughs) oh but they can (laughs) so let me read you this The episode, called Mr. Skinny Legs, is about a large (laughs) spider which an initially fearful Pepper befriends before Mm. picking the giggling arachnid up, feeding him tea and cake and tucking him into bed in her dollhouse. During the episode, Pepper's father tells her, there's no need to be afraid. Spiders are very small and they can't hurt you. Mm. And then there was an article in The Guardian saying, actually, not all spiders are very small. And they can hurt you. (laughs) And so (laughs) this woman in Australia, um, it uh, popped up on like I think Foxtel or something and she saw it Mm. and was like, wait, what? And so she made (laughs) like a complaint to the, I don't know, TV people. Mm. And so then the TV people looked into it and um, ABC, which also airs Peppa Pig, They've all decided, yeah, actually, this episode isn't appropriate for Australia because, you know, kids could die. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> because we have all the dangerous stuff here.
1: Don't we, though? Yeah. Even just white tips, they cause what, necropathy in something? Like, yeah, if, like your if leg falls they bite falls you, it off. eats away at your flesh.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Mm. I
0: mean, I got bitten by a huntsman once and everyone says huntsmen don't bite, but in Australia... Uh, Yeah, they do. Everything bites
1: you here.
0: (laughs) Everything bites
1: you here. Okay, good. They shut that down.
0: Yeah, they shut that down. Anyway, so that was... (gasps) Oh, have you got one?
1: I do. I just feel like we have to mention, for those of you who might be unaware... If we call back to our episode that we did on Stuart Semple and Anish Kapoor about a year ago, you might remember that Stuart was very annoyed that Anish Kapoor had got his hands on a jar of the pinkest pink paint and he posted a photo of his finger in it. That really bothered uh, Stuart Semple that Anish had got his hands on that paint and so he has spent the last four years coming up with a pinker pinkest paint (laughs) that he's just released um, in the hopes that Anish Kapoor never gets his hands on this one because he managed to get around the rules and get the original pinkest pink.
0: Well, yeah, because he broke the rules. He broke the law because you have to sign the thing saying you're not him to get any Mm -hmm. of the products.
1: That's right. Um, So hopefully people respect the rules, respect the law this time around and Anish Kapoor will not have access to what is now the pinker pinkest pink.
0: Sucked in Anish Kapoor.
1: (laughs) You can't sit with us. Whenever
0: I say Anish Anish Kapoor, I always think of um, Angela in The Office. Oh, God, I'm chuggy because I'm quoting The Office. When (laughs) Dwight gets made manager of The Office and Angela gets this like devilish look on her face and she goes, goodbye, Kelly Kapoor. (laughs) And then walks (laughs) off. (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm so chuggy. We'll take that,
1: Anish Kapoor.
0: Okay, and that was Breaking News. All right, well, it's your thing this week and I'm in bed, ah, so I'm just going to lean back, get comfort. Oh, I've got this amazing, okay, Caleb's family understand me so well. I love them mm. so much. For my birthday, they got me, I'm sure it was his mum, I'm sure it was Rachel, thank you, Rachel, mm. got me this special pillow that is like super comfy and made for sitting in bed to do just everything in life. Wait, <laughs> I'm trying to show you. In the. So you get this pillow helps you sit up and it helps keep your back in a proper posture without sacrificing comfort and bed sitting. Huh. So that's what they got me for my birthday, a pillow that lets they really me do know you sit well. and work in bed all day. Thank you, Bond family. <laughs> <gasps>
1: that's very thoughtful. So that's what I'm um, leaning back
0: on right now. Good. Well, I'm glad that you're
1: comfortable, but this is not a relaxing story that I'm sharing with you this ah. week. This one's quite dark. Um, it's a story that's pretty widely acknowledged as one of the worst miscarriages of justice in mm-hmm. history. It's the story of a totally innocent mother and father who were put on trial and found guilty of murdering their baby daughter in cold blood. And Mm. as a result, they became some of the most famous and most hated people in the world because most people believed that they were lying when they said a dingo had stolen their baby. (gasps) This week, it is the story of the Chamberlain family. (coughs) It's dark. It's very, very dark. Do you know much about it?
0: I mean, I know because she did that, uh, Lindy Chamberlain did that uh, interview on 60 Minutes. Was it earlier this year or late last year? And Mm -hmm. it was the first time she'd really done a big proper interview in a really long time. So I know what I know from watching that. I mean, all Australians know this story. Mm -hmm. And I think internationally people kind of just know it as the funny A dingo got my baby thing, but it is Mm -hmm. actually two Australians and in Australia quite famously a very horrific, awful ongoing saga of a story. Yes. Yes.
1: And the reason why I chose to do it this week is because um, a couple of weeks ago on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under one of the queens <gasps> impersonated lindy yes. chamberlain in the snatch game for those of you who don't watch drag Race, drag race firstly what's wrong with you um <laughs> get on it every season they have an episode where the queens play a game where they each impersonate a celebrity and they do sort of a tv quiz show format game yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Very very talented queen chose to portray Lindy Chamberlain, and so of course there were lots of jokes about dingo attacks mm. and an impersonation of Lindy's accent, and all of the other queens were appalled at the time yeah. that someone would choose such a dark character to portray. RuPaul himself said we're all going to hell for this because it really felt like it was crossing mm. a line. Um, but it's definitely not the first time that Lindy and Azaria Chamberlain have been used as a gag.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say I because I read all about. The controversy and the, there was, I wouldn't say backlash, but uh, social media kind of went crazy when et cetera, et cetera, did that negatively. Everyone was like, that was awful. Mm. It wasn't funny. It was gross. And I think because times have changed and since Lindy Chamberlain has spoken out more and more the last few years and talked about just how awful the whole thing was for her, Mm. The story has gone from being something that just felt like this abstract thing that people made fun of to now people realising, oh, actually, that's not funny. That's really awful. And I think maybe mm. et, cetera, et cetera, just failed to read the room. Like times have changed. Mm. This isn't funny anymore. You've missed the boat on that one. Bad choice. Yes. <laughs> Bad choice. Yeah. Do not make fun yeah. of her. Yeah, she is mm-hmm. a... She is a I would I would use the word survivor. Lindy Chamberlain is a survivor of um horrific like uh, abuse um imprisonment which chance she commit, survived a witch hunt, a witch hunt. Yes. yes and mm. so yeah yeah I think that's yeah I think it was a massive uh, room reading failure mm. And the yep. reaction to it, particularly from RuPaul's fans who, you know, it's a notoriously bitchy show and everybody who watches it loves the bitchiness and loves when the humor pushes a little too far and when things get a little bit icky and wrong. But mm. if even the RuPaul's audience was upset by that Lindy Chamberlain joking like jokes, it you know, it's like, yeah, it's not funny.
1: Yeah, push the boundary a little bit too far. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's okay. And sometimes Lindy has been able to find the humour in the jokes that have been made about the tragedy that she and her family endured. Mm. But I just think that it's important for people to understand the whole story because Lindy's name and voice and that iconic line of Dingo's Got My Baby have sort of Mm. become a meme that... I don't know if you remember, but in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, Oz mm. was in a band called Dingoes Ate My Baby. Like, mm. people There's are very sort of Seinfeld desensitized scene to it. Where Elaine
0: yes. says it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the early They're season. They were on the
1: symptoms. There was even, yeah, a joke about um, Lindy Chamberlain on Rugrats as well.
0: Was it really?
1: Yeah. Like, I it's really it penetrated into our collective consciousness. Oh, yeah. You, you had other <laughs> things going on. <laughs>
0: Fans of my book will understand. I think also, and I mean, I'm sure you're probably going to get into this, but um, people forget it's the same as with, I think, Jean Benet Ramsey, that an actual small child died. Yeah. Like, I think the thing with Lindy Chamberlain is people forget, and a baby was killed. Mm -hmm. And like and it's the same with you know the stuff like with Jean Benet like people joke about it and they get caught up in the sort of more abstract like wider news coverage of it and they forget that at the end of the day it's an incredibly sad story about a child's death.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really, really is upsetting. That even just compartmentalised is really sad. And then what happened afterwards is deeply, deeply upsetting. So, shall we begin?
0: Yay! (laughs) Okay. So, August
1: 1980, a totally normal, standard issue, middle-class family of five went on a road trip, camping holiday to Uluru. Mm -hmm. And the mum and dad... Michael and Lindy were both in their mid-30s. Their kids were two boys, seven years old and four years old, yeah. and a two-month-old baby named Azaria. And two on the months, 17th of August... young
0: to go camping, isn't it?
1: Like, it certainly To take is. A baby. Like, I would never... <laughs> I find that very surprising. (laughs) And later on, when Lindy is accused of having postnatal depression, I think the fact that she was willing to go on this holiday itself is pretty good evidence that she was not suffering from postnatal depression. They were having a very, very happy time. On the 17th of August, Michael climbed the rock and then he went off to take some photos in some caves. And Mm -hmm. while he was doing that, Lindy and the kids were sitting at the base of the rock, Lindy looked up and noticed that there was a dingo close by that was watching her and her baby very intently. It didn't seem to be interested at all in other people. It was just staring at the baby.
0: Can I just quickly... I'm sure people know, but for those people who aren't from Australia, a Mm. dingo is like what? Like a wolf?
1: Uh, Well, they're canine. yeah. So, type of dog, yes. Yeah,
0: but like a wild kind of wolf dog.
1: Yes, and they were introduced... Uh, into Australia by the Indigenous people about 5,000 years ago and instantly Mm -hmm. became the apex predator. So nothing preys on them and they will prey on anything from like a grasshopper to a cow.
0: Wow, really? Mm, Yeah. Okay. So she sees this dingo.
1: She didn't think it was a big deal though because the perception of dingoes at that time was that they weren't particularly dangerous. So all she did was Mm. point... Didn't go out to some other tourists and say, hey, look, someone's watching us. That night, Lindy and Michael were chatting with some fellow campers around the communal barbecue area at the campsite. And Lindy went to put the two youngest kids to bed in the tent nearby. Mm. Aiden, the oldest son, went with her to help out. And after a few minutes, once Reagan and Azaria were settled, Lindy and Aiden walked back to the barbecue area. They left the tent unzipped because the zipper was broken and they weren't too fussed about that because they were only a couple of metres away from the barbecue area. Mm -hmm. Lindy had only been back at the barbecue area for a few minutes when she and Michael and the people that they were talking to heard Azaria let out a short, sharp cry Mm -hmm. and straight away Lindy went to check on her. As she got close to the tent, she saw a dingo emerging through the tent flaps, shaking its head with something inside its mouth. Mm. It spotted her and it bolted off. Lindy hurried inside the tent to check on the kids, obviously worried that the dingo might have hurt them, and what she found inside was horrific. Azaria's basket was empty, her blankets were strewn across the tent, Mm. and there were pools of blood Mm. inside and immediately outside the tent.
0: Where was the other Reagan?
1: He was lying still on the ground Later on they found out that the dingo had walked on him (gasps) To get to Azaria Oh
0: gosh And he
1: was so fearful Only four years old He was Mm. so scared that the dingo was coming back for him That he just played dead
0: Oh, smart though Mm
1: Mm-hmm Lindy ran out of the tent She yelled those immortal words Has anyone got a torch? A dingo's got my baby Mm. And she ran off in the direction she'd seen the dingo run The people at the barbecue took a few moments to react and then a few of the men ran off after Lindy. Michael started running around the campsite asking for people to bring torches. They formed a search party. Within 30 minutes, they had about 150 people out looking for Azaria in the freezing cold Mm. of the desert. In that search party, there were several very experienced expert Indigenous trackers who lived in the nearby camp and they found the dingo's tracks And it showed that the dingo occasionally had been stopping And placing the baby on the ground So that it could change its grip on her neck They followed it as far as they could And then they (sighs) lost the trail after a couple of kilometres Because the dog started walking on the road Mm. People were still looking They weren't willing to give up hope But Lindy and Michael knew that they had lost their Nine-week, four-day-old baby daughter (sighs) Azaria
0: God
1: Yes Absolute tragedy that became a headline all around the world the very next Mm. day. This was a gripping story for people because it was a very exotic location, a very attractive young mother, and, of course, a very novel and dramatic incident. Mm. All of the news outlets that were covering it were desperate to get an interview with Lindy and Michael and, of course, to get photographs. A Melbourne newspaper even convinced Michael to take photos of the tent soaked in his daughter's blood (gasps) to send them. Obviously, for the media, priority number one was get exclusive content. And film crews started helicoptering into the Uluru area. On their first interview that they did, Lindy and Michael came across as being very matter-of-fact and not overly emotional. They basically just seemed like they'd accepted Azaria's death, which raised a lot of people's eyebrows that it seemed like in less than 24 hours, they'd just completely given up hope and they weren't very emotional.
0: What did they say in that interview to make people think that? Like, were they referring to her in the past tense or something? Or
1: Yes. yeah. In that interview and in subsequent interviews, they were talking about their faith. They were both Seventh-day Adventists, yeah. which was a religion that was not very well understood at the time. And mm. Seventh-day Adventists had this belief that when someone dies, their spirit just goes to sleep and will stay asleep until the second coming of Christ comes. Right. So when they were talking about the fact that they believed that Azari was just sleeping and they were going to see her in the next life, that struck a lot of people because Australia was mostly Catholic or Anglican at that time. They didn't share that belief. They thought that was weird.
0: Do they also have that view of, like, if it's God's will, then it's God's will and it's not our place to, you know... Mm -hmm. be upset about that. Like if he wanted to take her, he has a reason and who are we to question it?
1: Yeah. So they were talking about those things while at the same time, they were in a state of shock. And they were just answering the questions that the media was asking them with cameras shoved in their faces. And they were coerced into doing these interviews by these reporters who were saying, you've got a duty to spread the word and warn people about the danger of dingoes. This needs to never happen again. It's (laughs) important that you get your story out there. So they were manipulated into doing this. The more coverage they got, the more the public started to think that these people were very strange.
0: Mm, And I think it's... It is so hard to explain like I am someone who has over the you know last decade of my career done a lot of media and mm. I will say I have done interviews even recently with 10 years almost experience that mm. I have seen the interview later or read the interview later and been been like oh I can't believe I came across that way or I can't okay. believe that was interpreted that way or I can't like they they are all the media is always trying to get the best story and you can mm-hmm. be or the story that fits what they need there for their narrative and so you can be the most experienced media person in the world and you can still mm-hmm. come across badly in an interview or f up an interview and these are people who have most likely never been on camera before in their lives
1: how done- are they
0: meant to do it
1: Mm. Successfully. They've never done on-camera interviews at all. But Michael was comfortable with the media at first because he had studied journalism. He'd had his own radio show for six years Mm -hmm. and he and Lindy used to do special guest appearances talking about um, being Seventh-day Adventists on radio shows and for print media. Interesting. So he thought he knew how to play the game. Uh, He absolutely didn't, though, because he was just used as fodder. They both were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A week after Azaria disappeared, her clothes were found and, as expected, they were blood-soaked and they were ripped and they were very Mm. dirty. A tourist called Wally Goodwin found the clothing near a dingo's den. Wally,
0: there's a name we don't see anymore.
1: We really don't. Wally. Bring it back. Where is Wally? Where's Wally? Where's Wally? (laughs) Wally. He found everything that Azaria had been wearing on that night Her jumpsuit, booties, nappy and singlet Yeah What he didn't find though was the jacket that she'd been wearing Famously Mm -hmm. referred to as a matinee jacket Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He was smart, he didn't touch anything He just got in touch Ah, with the police Regrettably he didn't take a photo of the clothing when Mm. he found it He brought the cops back to the place where he'd found the clothes and the police officer immediately picked up the clothing and inspected it. Uh. (laughs) Then he lay it down in a way that he thought resembled the way that he'd found it, but of course it looked very neat and tidy, almost like it had been folded.
0: And then he took a photo of them. Uh, (laughs) Ah that is so infuriating.
1: It's infuriating and it's a detail that will become important later on. Yeah. So, a coroner's inquest began. Do you know what a coroner's inquest is?
0: Is that when um, they haven't found a body but they assume someone is dead so they need to do like a little
1: It's not necessarily b- if the body's missing but if someone has a sudden or violent or mysterious death. Yeah. Um, or if there's an unexplained fire, a coroner is come in, brought in to investigate so that right. they can provide um, understanding of what happened objectively.
0: Okay. Like medically.
1: Now,
0: yeah, exactly. Not just the police going, I think it's like this is a doctor. They were all of right? the
1: evidence. Yeah. No, they're usually a magistrate. A lot of them actually <gasps> oh. do, do start off as policemen who then move into becoming judges and then they can become a coroner from I there. I
0: thought a coroner had to be a doctor.
1: Mm-mm. No, they don't have to have medical experience. But they presented a lot ridiculous. of medical evidence...
0: Mm. How could you not? Oh, that factoid blows my mind. Mm.
1: Yes. I was kind of surprised to hear that as well. I thought a coroner was someone who actually did the autopsy, but no, that's not the case.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Mm. Wow. The more you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To us today, it seems like the most obvious thing in the world that, yes, it was a dingo and that Lindy was telling mm. the truth. But there were a lot of people around the country who were hard to convince that this could be true because they'd never heard of a dingo attack before. Mm. They certainly hadn't been widely publicised. The Indigenous community knew very well that dingoes could be very dangerous around the Children, mm. but most people just perceived dingoes as being like dogs yeah. that were timid, and because they weren't tame anymore, they had been once upon a time, um, they couldn't actually hurt a person. Mm what they didn't realize was that there were 30 to 40 of these dingoes around the campsite the night that Azaria disappeared and they were hungry because they were in the middle of a drought that was affecting their food supply mm. it had reached the point where they were starting to attack people already 6 weeks before Azaria disappeared a little girl who was visiting as rock from victoria sorry They did used to call Uluru Ayers Rock and I've been listening to so many old books that talk about Ayers Rock from time to time. I'm going to slip up and say Ayers Rock instead of Uluru, pardon me. Yeah, we
0: get it.
1: Um, This little girl from Victoria, she was dragged out of a car by Ah! a dingo and her parents saw it happen.
0: How is that not just like, hello, evidence, there you Mm -hmm. go?
1: Well, with that particular incident, all proof that that family had even been at Uluru was destroyed or disappeared mysteriously. As Lindy's case went on, okay. After that, girl was attacked. Though the only action that was taken in response was putting up signs that said "Do not feed the dingoes," which just made the problem worse because that took away their last remaining food source. Mm, So the dingoes were tourists
0: giving them food. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. So now they were really hangry and hunty. Um, hunty. they become.
0: Hangry <laughs> and hunty.
1: <laughs> they'd become such a big problem that the park ranger, a guy called Derek Roth, had made a recommendation that the dingoes needed to be culled. If the mm. Northern Territory government wanted to have tourists visiting Uluru, then they needed to get rid of the dingoes. It was one or the other. Yeah. Azaria disappeared two weeks after that request was
0: flatly denied. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, So then that kind of indicates that there is reason for people to say it wasn't a dingo because there could be a lot of trouble for them for ignoring the warning signs.
1: Correct, and they did their very best to try to cover that up. Also, they were very fearful that people would stop coming to the Northern Territory if they were scared that their Ah, children might be taken by the dingo. So they were concerned about the impact that it might have on tourism. In the media, all these experts were coming forward saying dingoes are scared of people. They'd never heard a baby. And so, for that reason, people started to get suspicious and to Mm. question the Chamberlain's story. They couldn't understand why a body hadn't been found, even in the stomachs of the dingoes that had been killed on the hunt for Azaria. They couldn't understand why the Chamberlains left Uluru a few days after Azaria had disappeared Mm -hmm. while the search was still going on as well. So all these rumours started swirling and there was loads of innuendo and gossip and just outright lies as well. People started telling each other that the name Azaria meant sacrifice in the wilderness, which it did not. It meant (laughs) blessed by God. But it was just a rumour that people came up with because they wanted to start sharing this story that Azaria had been killed by her parents as a sacrifice.
0: And these rumours started, and I'm sure you'll get into this, but these rumours predominantly started because of gender dynamics in that she was a woman who Mm -hmm. did not come across on camera or in her interviews as um, uh, emotional enough as what Mm -hmm. people expected for a woman who had just lost her baby. So it was very much like, you know, as other maligned women that we see at the moment, people like, you know, Meghan Markle or all that kind, all those, as soon as like public attitude towards a woman, as soon as it tips the scale slightly towards negative, it's like Mm -hmm. it just snowballs and those scales smash into the ground and everybody jumps on board to completely eviscerate this woman. Eviscerating women in the media is like a favourite pastime of everyone. Oh, yeah, no
1: kidding. Because, I,
0: you know, I've seen interviews, like old footage of interviews with her where a she always looked amazing so she'd clearly mm. always taken time to dress really well and i remember people were like oh how like she spent more time on on her hair and outfit today than she has crying about her baby and then she always seemed very um Just like stern, like you said before, matter of fact, Mm. stern, not at all emotional. She always had sunglasses on, so you couldn't really see Mm -hmm. any kind of emotion or read anything in her eyes. And people were just like, Well, she's obviously a bitch. Let's go to town.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From very early on. And it's really important to remember that we only got to see what the media chose to publish. Yes. And so there is one example in particular where Lindy was doing an interview about what had happened on the night and when you see the final version she does seem very unemotional while she's talking about the ways that dingoes eat their prey and Mm -hmm. the fact that they use their paws to pull back the skin while Mm -hmm. they're eating an animal. Mm. That's a gruesome thing to be describing especially in the context of talking about what had happened to your child. She did seem very emotionless. What we didn't know was that was the seventh take that she had had to do. The first six takes she'd broken down in tears and the producer was coaching her saying you need to just be totally emotionless just bottle it all up just state the facts lindy so she was coached into speaking in that very emotionless sort of cold way because they wanted to push, on her. but yes. they wanted
0: to push the narrative that she was emotionless so that's why mm-hmm. oh that is so manipulative
1: yep it's really really upsetting <sighs> Um, More of the rumours that was circulating uh, Centred on the fact that they were Seventh-day Adventists The Jonestown Massacre had just recently happened So people were very Uh, fearful of cults And so the story was that with Michael being a pastor In the Seventh-day Adventists They had sacrificed Azaria to help eradicate the sins Of his entire congregation Of course, the old classic that Lindy was just a crazy psychopath Potentially with postnatal depression That Mm -hmm. did the rounds and that... Lay it onto a story that they'd been abusing Azaria, that they'd beaten her to the point that she had to be hospitalized a week before they went on the holiday, and that their plan was to dispose of her because they didn't want her because she had cerebral palsy or and some other is sort all of disability. Like, there is all lies. No evidence.
0: It's just completely made up.
1: Absolutely conjecture. made up. Yeah. But as Lindy herself said one time, the, a lie can go around the world in a time it takes the truth to tie its shoelaces. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think especially back then, because what was this, the 70s? 1980. Um, 1980. Um, the only news people got was what was given to them. Like they couldn't mm-hmm. go on Google and look up other theories. There was no Twitter where people were like, mm-hmm. actually, I think that that's ridiculous. There was the only thing people were reading and seeing was what Mm -hmm. the news was giving them. And if they were giving them this stuff, then Mm -hmm. why would they, A, assume it was a lie because you think Mm -hmm. the news tells you the truth and, B, why would they see any other point of view if they've got nowhere to get it from?
1: Correct, yes. So, they bought it. Increasing numbers of people bought that the parents had to be involved in some way. So, Lindy and Michael started getting death threats from total strangers. They were being spat on in the street. They had to get a bodyguard to help protect them anywhere that they went. And, of course, the only way that they could try to defend themselves because they couldn't just get on their own Twitter and make Mm. declarations, they had to go back on the media and explain the situation that they were in and how upset they were and try to dispel the rumours. But that just didn't do them any favours because, once again, they got potentially a bad edit, bad coaching, Mm. and people more and more started to look at them and say, okay, you're unusual, you're weird, we don't trust you. And because in particular, Lindy seemed so cold mm. because she was trying to just hide her emotions, she didn't want to share them with the entire public. Yeah. Um Yeah, the public sentiment just started to swing Against them. And that was very much then fed by snippets of forensic details, which the media wanted to publish. Anytime something would come out that had been leaked by the police, like there was no saliva on Azaria's clothes that had been found, or that an expert had said that the hairs that were found on Azaria's clothes were actually cat hairs, not dingo hairs.
0: What? What expert?
1: someone very, very dodgy who I'm sure was being paid. Mm. Another expert said that the jumpsuit had to have been cut with a blade, not by teeth. Mm -hmm. And so it did start to look like Lindy and Michael could be potential suspects based on this picture that had been painted by the media and by the information that the police were releasing. And
0: does this go all the way to the top? Like with the information the police are releasing, and the media and stuff, was this being encouraged by like the state government and stuff because they didn't mm-hmm. want to get in trouble for the dingo problem?
1: Correct. So yes. it goes all the
0: way to the top.
1: It does. And just a bit of context here for those of you who are into this kind of boring political history stuff, um, the Northern Territory had only been self-governing for two years. Oh, really? So they were, yeah, they were um, governed from Canberra up until that point. Because they're a territory and not a state Um, They'd spent so much time fighting to be an independent territory That looked after itself with its Mm. own form of government They got it and then two years later This This started happening and it made them look really bad
0: Like we told you you couldn't look after yourselves Mm -hmm. Dingoes are killing babies And so they're like, no they're not Mm -hmm. Um, Here's here's a sacrificial lamb called Lindy Chamberlain Take her take her Okay, Mm -hmm. I get you
1: The country was divided. Did they do it or didn't they do it? And the They Did It group kept growing. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the story was in the headlines every day. Most days it was on the front page. Mm.
0: And I have to say back then, I mean, I don't... It would be so easy for everyone now to go, I would never have believed it. Yes, you would have. I would Mm. have totally been on the bandwagon if she did it because... Mm. People weren't as sophisticated when it came to interpreting news and media back then. Like Mm -hmm. I would have, if I'd been alive and that age back then, I would have been like that woman killed her baby. Mm -hmm. It would be so easy to fall into that camp.
1: More than 70% of Australians believed that she was guilty. Wow. (laughs) The inquest went ahead. Of course, the world was watching. It didn't take very long, though, for the coroner to announce that the Chamberlains were innocent. He was very sympathetic to both Lindy and Michael. His name was Dennis Barrett.
0: Really? And
1: he was so clear, based on the evidence that he'd seen, that the Chamberlains had no involvement in Azaria's disappearance, that he wanted to announce his findings on live TV. This had never happened before. Mm. No court finding had ever been televised, but Dennis Barrett really wanted the world to know and to understand with no confusion that Lindy and Michael were 100% innocent. Mm. When he made the announcement, more than a third of Australian households were watching live. That's how invested people were in this. And in that announcement, he was very critical of the Northern Territory Territory Police Department, very sternly criticised the Northern Territory Parks Department for not mm-hmm. acting on the known threat of the dingoes, and he really, really stuck it to the forensic investigators because they'd just made a dog's breakfast yeah. of the examination.
0: Um, yeah, so he is basically a man faced with all the evidence and an mm-hmm. expert, important man faced with all the evidence and yep. said exactly what was the correct thing to say.
1: That's I, right. didn't, yep.
0: I didn't know that had happened. I thought they got in trouble straight away.
1: Nope. They were, first off, totally exonerated. Um, was it
0: at a point, though, when when they were exonerated, people were like, nah, they did it, even though they were exonerated?
1: It was about 50-50 at that point, I think. The swing to 70 to 80% of people thinking that they didn't came later. So, I'll talk about how we got to that okay. point. When I say that... Justice Barrett slammed all of these Departments, he held no punches Like he pointed out all of the areas In which they were negligent and Incompetent and all of the mistakes That they'd made, including The lead forensic investigator was a young female constable who only had three months of experience and had absolutely no supervision. She admitted herself she did not know what she was doing.
0: That is so similar to JonBenet Ramsey when mm. the policewoman they sent over that day was, like, really new and junior and had no idea what she was doing.
1: Yep. (gasps) And this investigator, her name was Myra Fogarty, she was told, don't bother checking the tent because they didn't want the tent to be found to be covered in blood. And so <gasps> she followed instruction and didn't check the tent. So then it became Lindy and Michael's word that there was blood in
0: the what? tent. Mm. <gasps> dodgy.
1: So dodgy. Um, he also stuck it to the media for the fact that they'd been spreading rumours. Mm-hmm. Um, all for the sake of selling newspapers. And he obviously was trying to just shut the whole thing down. But... Yeah he actually had the opposite effect. He inflamed the whole affair. He made some people very determined to prove him wrong. And he inadvertently made it possible for them to do just that. Because in the final paragraph of his statement, he announced that he believed a a dingo had taken Azaria and killed her, but that later Azaria's body and clothes had been found and moved by a person or person's name unknown. And he based that on the fact that that photograph of the clothes When they'd been mm. found It looked like they had been placed by a human
0: But the policeman did that
1: Correct, but the policeman uh, didn't um, he come was like, forward no, and say I that He was I didn't do
0: anything Because yeah.
1: he screwed up And Wally was not invited to come and give testimony at that point Right, okay Yeah
0: So so, oh, so he inadvertently inadvertently started like a conspiracy theory
1: Yep, that's right. And the people who were involved, the individual forensic experts and also the government departments, they did not take it well. Their egos were hurt and so they were very determined that they were going to prove that Dennis Barrett was a fool and they reopened the investigation under the pretense that they were looking for the person or person's name unknown when in actual fact they were revisiting every single part of the case. Yeah, because I was going to
0: say, how can you just decide to reopen a case when it's been officially decided there's nothing to reopen, but he left that door open. Why yep. did he say that? Because of the photo. Yeah. Oh.
1: But he regretted it. He's yeah. no longer alive, but in interviews he did later on, he said that he really regretted putting that phrase in there. Yeah. Anyway, the Northern Territory Police spent seven months preparing for what they called Operation Ochre, gathering as much evidence against the Chamberlains as they could. Why Ochre? Uh, because uh, ochre is the pigment in the soil at the Uluru area.
0: I'm always interested to know why they pick the interesting mm. names of things. Anyway, yeah.
1: How tacky is this though? They designed a logo for operation
0: Oh ew, ochre. guys. You're not Guess getting team jumpers. What?
1: A dingo, a cartoon oh, dingo.
0: No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can be like Team Ochre nineteen eighty one. Cam yep. type thing. Ew. Have reunions
1: every couple of years. Yeah, yeah,
0: gross.
1: Really foul. When they were ready, this was so well orchestrated, they raided the Chamberlain's home by surprise. And they also brought in every single eyewitness that was at the campsite that night into different police stations around the country, interrogated these people for hours, manipulated their statements to suit the theory of Azaria having been murdered, twisted people's words over the course of hours and hours. Once these people were at the point of exhaustion, they would then make them sign statements that they didn't write for themselves. They were basically forcing (gasps) witnesses to lie.
0: I can't believe how much this goes to the top.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And we know so much about what their plans and motivations were because a lot of the Northern Territory police at this time were secretly and illegally recording conversations without people knowing. (gasps) They were recording interviews that they were conducting. They were recording phone calls that they were having, sometimes with each other as well. So there'll be a recording, like two versions of the same conversation on two different recordings. It was really, really dodgy and totally unethical. If you want to hear some of those tapes, there's an excellent podcast series called A Perfect Storm, which breaks down the entire Chamberlain case in about 12 episodes. Oh, and my God, I want to listen to they it. They had access to all of those files. It's phenomenally well put together. Yeah. Of course, the cops were not gathering all evidence. They only were interested in things that made Lindy look like she'd killed oh. her baby. And you can hear in those tapes they were overjoyed any time they found something that seemed like it was going to be damning evidence. Yeah, they wanted to take her down. They kept leaking info to the media when they raided the Chamberlain's home, they found a child's coffin and a black dress, which a lot of people interpreted as proof that they had been planning a funeral. In actual fact, the black dress had belonged to Regan Mm -hmm. and it was just a dress that Lindy had made for him that had been handed down to Azaria. The infant's coffin was a prop that Michael used to use when he would do sermons telling people to stop smoking. He would make them put their cigarette boxes
0: in the little coffin as a way of
1: drumming home the idea that cigarettes will kill you. Mm. Um, They leaked a story that Lindy was trying to flirt with the detectives to get a lighter sentence. What? Really, really gross and cliched stuff.
0: Yeah, very cliched woman as a witch villain Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When they felt that they had enough evidence, they um, presented it all to the Northern Territory Police Commissioner. And two months later, a second inquest went ahead, which quashed the first inquest altogether mm-hmm. and examined all of this new evidence that had been uncovered since the first inquest. And how
0: can they just. How can you. Isn't that like double jeopardy? Like, you. Can't, well, uh, I mean. So. I mean, I only loosely know about that from the Ashley Judd movie, but, I mean, mm. how can there be an inquest that finds you not guilty and then they're like, oh, but we don't like that, so we're just going to keep trying until we get a guilty
1: This is result. the second of four inquests. What? Yes. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. And separate to the inquest is the trial And then appeals that Lindy had to go through So an inquest oh, is not a trial It's not about yeah. finding someone guilty It's just about finding out what happened Not who did what
0: and then, if, and then if the inquest says we think she's guilty Then there's a trial
1: That's right and that's in exactly court. what happened in this case <gasps> The second inquest found that Azaria had been murdered And that the Chamberlains were accused And would have to stand trial
0: Yeah but according to their dodgy evidence that they'd perfectly pieced together to make it look that way.
1: It was all totally manufactured.
0: So much more effed up than what I thought. I honestly thought that um, she, everyone just assumed she was guilty because she came across really cold and unfeeling. And so then they found her guilty and it was an accident. I had Mm -hmm. no, I mean, and then they like undid it and whatever. I had no idea that this much manipulation went into getting a guilty Mm -hmm result.
1: Yeah. That's why whenever I've thought about the story of Lindy Chamberlain, I have not found it funny because it's made me incredibly sad and it's made me furious. Mm. The fact that she was played and she was victimised, like this was such a vindictive thing that they did to her. Anyway, the everyone was calling it the trial of the century. It happened in Darwin in September of 1982. And would you like to know why it was scheduled for September specifically? Why? Why? Because one of the forensic experts who was coming out from London said that he would only come if he could come at the same time as the cricket was on. Mm
0: -hmm. Get absolutely Mm F-U-C-K-E-D. Get effed.
1: They made those... Arrangements to accommodate him And his desires and preferences Because he was a very important witness For the prosecution They totally um, disregarded the fact That Lindy was more than seven months pregnant In September of
0: 1982
1: Oh, those effers Mm -hmm. Yep This is Um, diabolical yeah, it really is. But public sentiment just started to swing further and further away yeah. from Lindy because of the fact that every day she was showing up to the trial, she seemed aloof. She mm-hmm. was wearing a different outfit every day, like you say, and also Can people I say picking she apart also, the outfits.
0: She, I think her outfits were amazing. When you look back on Lindy's, like, fashion tour of this whole time, like, every day, she wore the coolest stuff.
1: And most of it she made herself. Oh, really? Yeah, but I loved during the trial when she was heavily pregnant, of course, she was in the tropics. She could only really comfortably wear a muumu. Yeah, yes, she was making smock. them for herself. Yeah. People weren't fans of what she was wearing, and that didn't uh, work in her favor, which is just ridiculous.
0: That is another um, gender dynamics thing because when do outfits ever have any effect on what people think of men? Never.
1: Mm hmm. Correct. Yeah. She was told, do not smile under any circumstances, by the way. Her lawyers told her that is the worst thing that you could do. And so Mm -hmm. that just added to people thinking she's just a careless, heartless, cold bitch. Mm. Mm. The prosecution's case, what they were claiming that Lindy had done. It's absolutely ludicrous, but they said she'd walked away from the barbecue with Aiden and with a plan to kill Azaria in their family car. Which was only parked, by the way, a couple of metres away from the barbecue area. Mm -hmm. Lindy had got to the tent, changed her clothes, taken Azaria from the tent to the car's passenger seat, used a pair of nail scissors to slit Azaria's throat and Uh. potentially decapitate her. Azaria's blood spurted all over the interior of the car as she bled out. Lindy had accomplished her mission. The baby was dead. But now she had a lot to clean up, obviously herself and the interior of the car. And she only missed one spot in that cleanup effort, which was a spray of blood underneath the dashboard that she'd missed.
0: Okay. She then. Question. Yes. Wasn't she only gone from the barbecue for like less than 90 seconds or like less than a minute?
1: The biggest estimate is sixteen <laughs> minutes. If you were very generous, she was gone for a total of sixteen minutes. There are some people who said though it seemed like she was only gone for like five to eight
0: minutes. Well, because in the in the original like story, she walked away from the barbecue, put Reagan and Lindy, I mean uh, Azaria to bed, and then came mm-hmm. back.
1: Yep, she was not gone for very long at all. The thought that she would be able to do this massive cleanup, yeah, it's outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. presented as being completely possible in a very compelling way.
0: While you're 2 that meters away from <laughs> everyone sitting around the barbecue.
1: <laughs> a dozen people. Yeah. Okay. Once she finished the clean up, she put Azaria's body in Michael's camera bag and went back to the b- barbecue area. Acted totally normal until she felt like enough time had passed And then she started the performance of Dingo's Got My Baby Then Michael went and buried the body later in the night And this story was backed up with so-called evidence That came from some very, very shoddy experts Particularly Mm -hmm. a woman named Joy Kuhl, K-U-H-L She said that she had done all these tests on the interior of the car And found 22 positive tests that indicated that there was fetal haemoglobin in the blood that she was finding in the car. Fetal haemoglobin is something that you only have until you're six months old as a baby. Yeah. Of course, they took no testimony from the Indigenous trackers who knew very well that Lindy was innocent because they'd seen with their own eyes the dingo tracks. Yeah. But they were excluded because this arrogant racist belief that they weren't credible at all. Mm. The park ranger was coached on how to avoid presenting certain facts. He was told what he could and could not say. And they mm. informed him he was only allowed to answer yes or no. And then they chose the very specific questions they wanted to ask him. They didn't question Reagan, who would have been able to tell them the dingo walked on him. They didn't question Aiden, who would have been able to say that he was with his mum the entire time. They went to put yeah. Azaria and Regan to bed. Um, they dismissed all testimonies from the eyewitnesses.
0: Can I ask for a second, what the hell were her lawyers doing then? Couldn't they have questioned Aiden and Regan and all that stuff?
1: You make a very good point. I don't know how the Maybe she prosecution had... was able to block that, but yeah. they were.
0: Maybe she mm. just had crappy lawyers. I don't know. Mm. So the whole trial, it's a stitch up.
1: 100%. And Lindy and Michael, clearly they're in a real pickle and the prosecution knew it. So they offered her a plea deal. They said if she pled guilty and said that she had slit her own daughter's throat, they would let her go and say that it was just because of postnatal depression. She was offered her freedom if she was willing to tell that lie. I can't even tell you how disgusted that makes me. And
0: to me, that just proves to me that at the end of the day they probably know that it's not true like mm-hmm. and that that is a solution that suits everyone because that means that northern territory tourism looks good like mm-hmm. they it, there's no dingo problem northern territory state government looks good the police solved the case yep. and she doesn't have to go to prison mm-hmm. to me that kind of indicates that they actually kind of know look we don't think you do this and we won't make you go to jail as long as Mm -hmm. we save face.
1: Correct. Yes. I think they absolutely knew. And there's another evidence point coming that shows they knew that they were just conducting this witch hunt Mm. to protect themselves, not because they actually believed that she'd done any of this. It was too preposterous.
0: Okay. So does she take the plea deal?
1: She does not, thankfully She continued with the trial. It ended after five weeks. I have to say the prosecution, they had the perfect lawyer. He was a Darwin local. He was a total showman and he was talking Mm. to all of the people on the jury as fellow Northern Territorians, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas the the lawyer that was representing the Chamberlains was much more matter of fact and less of a performer. Mm -hmm. The jury, they they were completely overwhelmed. They didn't really understand a lot of what they were being presented and so they mm. were relying on the media to tell them what to think. And mm. like I said, all of them from the Northern Territory where more than 80% of people believed that the Chamberlains were guilty, they felt like they had to come back with a guilty verdict. Yeah,
0: and it's also like if you've got a lawyer who is speaking to you in a way that is more convincing, the evidence doesn't matter. I mean, mm. what's that saying that... um Uh, trial lawyers um, are the lawyers who get like Cs and Ds when they're studying, but they're the ones who are best, the best performers and the best Mm. in the room. And the smart lawyers who get like A pluses are the boring ones who should just work on contracts because they're Mm. never going to convince anyone of anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Like you need a lawyer who knows how to put on a show because the jury is not caring about hemoglobin. They're Mm -hmm. just caring about instinct and who convinces them.
1: Yep, and that's exactly what happened in this case Because Mm. after only six hours of deliberation (gasps) They came back with a guilty verdict for Lindy as the murderer And Michael as an accessory after murder And the only possible sentence was life in prison with hard labour and absolutely Mm. no parole The judge had no discretion to... Bring down any yeah. other sentence onto Lindy.
0: And when how pregnant that, is She right now? Eight months? Eight seven months? months. <gasps> yeah.
1: Past eight ah! months, yeah Jury members Were crying, members of the media Were crying as well, it was like something Had happened that they thought Was going to happen but they were kind of hoping Deep down that it couldn't possibly well, it happen just got they real. saw it happen before their eyes Yeah.
0: You've been having fun bullying this Woman, bullying this woman, bullying this woman Oh but oops, now you're seeing the Real life ramifications of that, you Dicks. Mm-hmm. And so
1: off she went to prison immediately from the courthouse. <gasps> One month later, she gave birth to a second daughter, Kalia. She oh. was allowed to hold Kalia for an hour and then Kalia was taken away oh. from her.
0: Wait, where's Michael, the dad?
1: He was not allowed to be there at the hospital when Lindy gave birth. Michael was um, given, I suppose, bail, parole, it was a suspended sentence that he was given. So, he was right. sentenced to three years in prison, but on the compassionate grounds that the kids needed a parent, Regan and Aiden, Right. he was um, allowed to not go to jail. So, and he just so got a suspended sentence. He's
0: looking after Regan and Aiden and then when she gives birth, he gets the baby.
1: Um, Kalia went into foster care. Why? And she had excellent foster parents because Michael was so... Absorbed with the appeals process, which he got into straight okay. away once Lindy went into jail. Um, plus, I think potentially the sentiment back then was that a single a man father couldn't look after, after, after an
0: infant. A newborn. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, if we were to get into the weeds here, at first, Lindy was told that she would never be able to see Kalia for the first year of Kalia's life because she yeah. posed too much of a threat. So even supervised visits, it was a no. Michael helped to fight against that until. Finally, he managed to get Lindy bail after a few weeks and so she was released on five months bail to nurse Kalia in the first few months oh, of her life. okay. But then once Kalia was older and stable enough, they took her away, sent Lindy back to prison and put Kalia in foster care. Okay. Wow. Mm. It's dark. It's sad. Michael did not give up. He said from day one that he was going to fight to get Lindy freed They kept putting in all of these different appeals and they were overturned because of technicalities again and again Mm. and again because the Crown felt that they needed to uphold a jury's verdict. Yeah. Michael and his team kept providing new evidence, like, for example, the spray of blood under the dashboard. That was Mm. not blood. That was something that's used in the manufacture of the car that helps to soundproof the car from the outside. Of course. It just looked like it could have been a spray of blood. And also the blood tests, like I said before, that were showing a positive result, they were showing a positive result for copper oxide, not for human blood, let alone human blood with fetal hemoglobin in it. But all of these things were overturned because all of that evidence was theoretically available at the time of the trial. And this is a technicality in Australia.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like the... The, isn't the rule? Well, the jury saw that evidence and still voted against it, so it, it doesn't make a difference.
1: This particular evidence hadn't been presented, but the f- belief was that it was their own fault for not being prepared enough. Oh, what? Because that evidence was available. Had they investigated where that spray did come from, then they would have been able to present it at the time of the trial. But, I mean, they were totally blindsided anyway. They didn't know about the arterial spray going into the trial.
0: It is so scary, isn't it, to hear that, like, our justice system was, is, whatever, so messed up that new evidence can come and they can go, you should have done it then, soz, don't Mm -hmm. care. Like, what?
1: Yeah. And, I mean, those weren't the only examples. I mean, and it- is
0: that, I mean, hold on, hold on. I'm stuck on this. <laughs> so that means theoretically a video, like VHS footage, because it's VHS, it's the 80s, mm-hmm. could come out sh- showing a person, like showing a dingo taking Azaria, killing her, all there in front of your eyes, and they could just go, well, sorry, you could have brought this up at trial, but you didn't.
1: That yeah, I mean, it really seems to (laughs) it seems to come down to the opinion of a committee as to whether something can be considered new evidence or not. So, Uh,
0: but how can it come down to an opinion when this case is so subjective and everybody has bad opinions of her? It should come down to the law. And here is evidence. Appeals
1: they were being made to the Northern Territory Government Police Department. They're trying to protect Uh, themselves. They're going to do everything that they can to try this to push back.
0: Is diabolical.
1: Yeah, it's gross. Just quickly, someone volunteered to come forward and re-examine the hairs that had been found on Azaria and found that they absolutely were dingo hairs, not cat hairs. That was dismissed. Um, Someone came forward with new forensic evidence that what was supposed to have been a bloody handprint on Azaria's jumpsuit was actually just dirt and not blood at all. That was dismissed. (laughs) The German company that made the tests that Joy Cool used to test the bloodstains in the car, they themselves wrote to the Northern Territory government and said, our tests are not suitable for that purpose. You should be overturning her findings. That was dismissed. So, All the appeals were denied.
0: So basically, the Northern Territory government, Justice Department, whatever, were like, no, no, we found her guilty and that really suits us. So anything mm-hmm. else they were just covering their ears, going, la, 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 no, thank yep. you. Yep. <gasps> this is... Outrageous
1: Uh-huh And then thank goodness for what happened next Because oh this God. was a okay, twist what? no one saw coming Late January 1986 An English tourist who was obsessed with the Chamberlain case Made a pilgrimage to Uluru And mm. he climbed the rock in a particular area that was forbidden to the public mm-hmm. Someone saw him go into that area though So they knew where to look when he didn't show up again for the next day or 2 Mm-hmm He'd fallen off the rock to his death. And when they found his body, it was not all in one piece because he'd fallen to the ground and died near a dingo lair. So, of course, the dingoes got to him. They sent out a search party to find the rest of his body. And what happens next is totally unbelievable. There was only one member of that search party who had also been in the search for. For Azaria, yeah. And that person found the one item of clothing that Azaria had been wearing on the night she disappeared but had been missing ever since, the matinee jacket <gasps> So oh. he was the only person in that search party who would understand the significance of what he had found Obviously mm. he turned it over to the police
0: mm-hmm.
1: The police took the matinee jacket to the police station and just held it in evidence for four days without telling
0: anybody. <gasps> How very di- And I bet during that four days there were a lot of high-level meetings going on like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. we're busted.
1: They knew exactly what this meant. So, this is what I was alluding to when I said they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. This was considered new evidence. And Mm -hmm. that meant that the case would be reopened. Everything would be scrutinised again. They knew that they were screwed. Yeah. And someone with a conscience at the Northern Territory Police was concerned that the jacket might just mysteriously disappear before Mm -hmm. anyone found out about it. So he contacted a reporter and said the matinee jacket has been found. That Mm -hmm. reporter then gave up the opportunity to write the biggest scoop of their entire life and instead contacted the Chamberlain's lawyer and said the matinee jacket's been found. You need to make sure that Lindy gets to Mm -hmm. examine it. Stuart Tipple, the lawyer, organised a press conference the next day Demanding that Lindy get the chance to examine and identify the jacket Which happened on February 5th Within two days of Lindy examining the jacket and saying Yes, that was Azaria's She was released It was announced (laughs) she would never have to go back to prison again And there was going to be a royal commission into the entire affair
0: Can I ask a question? Why is finding the jacket proof that She is innocent. Is it because they found it near a dingo lair and they were like, this proves that a dingo pulled her all this way or whatever?
1: That was part of it because a lot of people were saying there was no saliva on the jumpsuit. How do you explain that? She said, well, she was wearing a jacket and maybe the saliva's Ah. on the jacket. That was part of it. The biggest thing is though, the fact that they found the jacket meant that they could go back and re-examine all of the evidence and then that was looked at by a more objective party it became very clear she did if we actually
0: properly examine all this evidence not in the dodgy way you did it but in a proper way this trial will last an hour because Mm -hmm. you guys so clearly bungled it so they just decided to release her instead that's right. Yeah. Okay, I get it.
1: Yeah, they knew. They'd been caught and they yeah, would have they gotten away caught. with it. If that tourist had not fallen off the rock and wow. died and they hadn't sent out that search party, Lindy Chamberlain may still be in prison.
0: Wow, says That mm-hmm. is... I had no idea that someone had died and that's how they found it. I just thought... Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow, that is nuts.
1: And if one other person in the search party had just sort of walked over the matinee jacket, because it was half buried. Yeah, wouldn't even have And it have was incredibly noticed. dirty. Wouldn't have paid any attention to it.
0: Hey, look, maybe those Seventh Day Adventists onto something about everything happening for a reason.
1: Every now and then you think that there might be guardian angels after all. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Mm. Wowzers. So, Yeah. The Royal Commission took almost a year. Keep in mind, the Chamberlain's trial only went for five weeks and the commission went for 11 months.
0: When they released her two days after, you know, they looked, she looked at the jacket and everything. um, Did public media sentiment change like in her direction? Was it like, wow, look what we put this woman through? Like, was it a quick change?
1: It wasn't an immediate flip, but it definitely began the evolution because all of a sudden all these outlets started finding images and footage that they had of her crying Mm. and showing emotion that they'd chosen never to use in the past.
0: There you go. Um, And so then the Royal Commission is into how dodgy the Northern Territory was about the whole thing, yes?
1: That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, a royal yeah. commission is totally independent from any form of government, state or federal. Um, and they essentially are just there to find the truth and make recommendations. Yeah. Um, they said you need to pardon her, which the Northern Territory government did. Mm-hmm. Pardoning, though, only removed their consequences. It didn't remove the guilt. <gasps> so, it didn't ac- acquit them, which is what they yeah. wanted and what they deserved. They were being pardoned for something that they didn't even do, yeah. So right. they kept fighting. It took them another year until finally the Supreme Court overturned all of the charges and acquitted them. But it still wasn't over. They were still in the headlines almost every day. Partly because in 1988 the movie with Meryl Streep came out, which <gasps> is in Australia called Evil Angels. Outside of Australia, it's a called cry in, the a Dark. cry in the Dark. Yes,
0: oh, it's so good. Okay, a- Meryl Streep. Australians will tell you is probably the only actress who is not Australian who any of us consider has ever done a believable Australian accent. Mm -hmm. She is not so good in that movie.
1: She's phenomenal. She was nominated for an Oscar for very good reasons. It's a very accurate movie and Lindy is very happy with the portrayal. I would say watch that, and then also watch. There's a documentary called Lindy Chamberlain: The True Story, in which mm. you actually get to see Lindy interacting with Meryl while Meryl is dressed up as Lindy.
0: Mm, oh my it's god!
1: So great to watch. The other reason to watch the movie is Sam Neill's tan. Even yes. I'm envious of the <laughs> yes. tan that they gave him.
0: Um, quick question: How long uh, was Lindy in prison for all up before she got released?
1: Almost three years.
0: Oh my God.
1: I think it was a thousand and twenty seven days something along those lines.
0: Ugh, yeah get lost
1: for something she did not do. She was working for 30 cents a day as well.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask what is they say hard labor? What is hard labor? Moving rocks?
1: Uh, in her case it was sewing mostly
0: okay. Yeah, oh, so well, that, you know how they
1: make prison workers like...
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...make
1: wallets and shoes and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a sweatshop.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so A Cry in the Dark comes out. That mm-hmm. would definitely swing things her way.
1: You would think so, but um, it only really swung it sort of back to 50-50. It didn't do very well in Australia. People didn't want to see it because they didn't mm. want to be convinced that Lindy was innocent.
0: Yeah, mm. do you want to hear something interesting that I remember from... um? Uh, You know the podcast My Favourite Murder did um, an episode on Lindy Chamberlain. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm remembering this from years ago, so I may have this wrong. But um, they talked about how someone had – because you know how they often read fan letters out in their Mm. thing and someone had written into them from Australia who was like the daughter or the granddaughter or something of – one of the main investigators on the Chamberlain case, and this is Mm. someone like our age, and she joked in her letter about how everybody knows that she actually did it and that it was a travesty that she got let off. So, like, there was still, I think, huge, especially in the Northern Territory, Mm. public sentiment that she had gotten away with something.
1: Yep. A big part of that sentiment, I think, came from the fact that they started doing paid interviews only.
0: Look, let to make some effing money. Look they what they've needed been to through. make money. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They were let in them. so much debt because yeah. of all the legal bills that had to pay. It was impossible for Michael to work at that time. Lindy of was course, getting 30 yeah. cents a day for the work that she was doing as well. So, I mean, they were completely broke. And also, if they started doing paid interviews, it meant that their media agent could set up some rules and guidelines yeah. as opposed to it just being a free-for-all. Yeah. So, of course, they needed to do that. But the Northern Territory government refused for years to pay any compensation because their point of view is that the Chamberlains were making money selling their story and that they were getting wealthy off what had happened to them and that there'd already been a burden on taxpayer dollars for the Northern Territory. Uh,
0: no, no, you were the burden. You mm. caused the burden, Northern In- Territory.
1: Somewhat unnecessarily Yes um, They eventually did get 1.3 million dollars Which in oh, today's dollars enough. Would be about 2.5 million Didn't cover their debts
0: Yeah they no. should get Like 25 <laughs> they million They should get Like a crazy amount
1: Mm-hmm In the early 90s, Lindy and Michael divorced. Each of them then remarried, Mm -hmm. a new love of their life later on. In 1995, there was the third inquest, which once again said the Chamberlains were guilt-free, but it still refused to declare the cause of death to be a dingo attack. And that was Mm. the final thing that Lindy had to keep pushing and pushing for until 2012
0: Mm.
1: in the fourth inquest. Finally, the first female coroner, In this process Mm, mm -hmm. Declared that Azari's death certificate Would state that she'd been attacked And taken by a wild dingo It took 32 years to get to that point And in that time More than 230 dingo attacks on people Were reported (laughs) Mostly on children There was one known death of a child by dingo Mm. And the family had been harassed daily But the case was finally closed
0: Wow,
1: to in two thousand
0: twelve. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Wow. Um, if you're curious to know, Michael went on to write a few books about his experiences and then funnily enough he went on to become a teacher at my high school, Gosford High, what? on the central coast of New South Wales. Yes. Was
0: he ever your teacher?
1: He started two years after I left.
0: Oh my God. That's yeah. nuts.
1: He taught English and history there. Um, he didn't feel right about going back to being a pastor after the mm. experiences that he'd had. That's um, sad.
0: He, at the, I mean, I'm not religious, but why not? Mm, you didn't do mm, anything wrong. Like, Yeah. Mm, anyway.
1: Made him question his faith. Um, he could never escape his past. Uh, he was assaulted twice by a man on the Central Coast who still believed that he did kill Azaria. That man ended up in prison. But he and Lindy both still faced... Up until 2007, when Michael—sorry, 2017, when mm. Michael died of leukemia—he was still facing accusations that he'd been part of killing his own daughter, mm. um, which Lindy does still get today. Yeah, um, but she's incredibly forgiving of people who have that mindset. Um, because she just sees it as, well, they're the ones who've got the problem, not me. Yeah. And I'm choosing to forgive them for having those beliefs because then I can just let it go. They're hanging on to something that I'm able to just let go. Mm. She's got a very successful career as a public speaker now. She's someone who never wanted to be a celebrity or a public figure, but then she ended up in a position where she had no choice. Her anonymity was taken away forever and it could not be returned. Yeah, so you might as well
0: make it work for your life
1: exactly yeah Yeah. it's very admirable she's um made the most of it she's used the platform that she was sort of thrust onto to spread a really powerful message Mm.
0: and she's she's spunky as f by the way she's got that cool purple spiked hair and Mm -hmm. she like looks really like she's still got that awesome sense of style
1: loads of jewelry metallic fingernails yeah she
0: looks awesome
1: hmm She keeps it tidy. Yeah, she wrote a book that was called Through My Eyes, which was recently republished under the new name A Dingo's Got My Baby because mm-hmm. that had a bit more sort of recognition. hmm She knows that still almost 30% of people think that she was somewhat responsible for Azaria's death, but she's mm-hmm. able to somehow just let that roll off her back. She walks down the street and people howl at her like a dingo. <gasps> and she has learnt to just not let it bother her.
0: I mean, that the, is that attitude, though, of people... For years growing up with it being a joke It was a Mm -hmm. joke It was a funny thing Mm -hmm. Yeah
1: A lot of people don't know the whole story Or if they knew it They've forgotten a lot of it Or they've just become desensitised to it Mm. And have lost a lot of empathy for her In the last 40 years, she's received more than 40,000 letters from people, most of whom she's obviously never met. She's read every single one and she's kept them all. They're archived in the National Library.
0: Wow.
1: Yep. And she continues to receive correspondence from people as well. Sometimes she gets back to them and- it's still a mix of people saying that they believe that she did it to this day, um, which seems preposterous to us. Who is
0: writing a letter in 2021 to a woman about a thing that happened in 41 years ago Mm. saying, I think you did this, F you? Who is taking the time?
1: And that's why I think Lindy's got the right mindset that she's like, they clearly have a problem. Yeah. I do Why are you not, so, obsessed so I'm not going with to let that affect me. Yeah.
0: Why are you um, so obsessed with me? <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Um, and I'll just wrap it up by saying that next week it is Azaria's 41st birthday, <gasps> the 11th of June. She wow. would have been 41 years old. And just like you said at the very beginning, it's important to remember that what this story is truly about is the loss of a beautiful little girl and the grief of a family. And, mm. It's absolutely tragic and it is not a joke.
0: No. Mm. Whoa. That is like I just had no idea that it was that much of a um, uh, like manipulation by the people yeah. in charge. Mm. I honestly had always just thought oh, yeah, she seemed like she got found guilty in a court case and that was it. Like I had mm. no idea that it had basically she was set up. Yeah. By the powers that be. That is crazy. When we
1: say witch hunt, it was a very malicious, well-orchestrated witch hunt and it almost worked. I mean, it worked for a while, mm. but thankfully they found that that jacket. jacket.
0: Mm. <gasps> If have they want. ever have they ever just said sorry like the state government of the Northern territory or what it, like the have they ever said we are truly sorry for what happened to you and what we put you through has she ever got an apology?
1: The closest thing that I have seen is when the coroner in the fourth inquest said that she was incredibly sorry for their loss. I know that for a long time the um, Attorney General of the Northern Territory refused to apologise because he just kept saying that due process was followed and kept reiterating that the cops had done the right thing. A lot of the cops involved as well still believed that they did nothing wrong. They believed that they were objective. They were not.
0: It's like that letter from a relative of one of them to the my favorite murder women saying mm. we all know she did it. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you don't. Yeah. Wow.
1: I know. It's it is baffling. I'm just so impressed at the way that Lindy's been able to get on with her life.
0: Would it also be um a potential financial stuff, like if they officially say we effed up, made your life hell, bloody bloody blah, and then it would be like, great, now you have to give her $30 million.
1: It could be. Mm. It could well be. She may have received an official apology that I haven't heard about yet, but- yeah. I mean, this like, is
0: just the gist, but I mean, mm. I feel it. Like, wouldn't it have been, I feel like we would, it, it'd be big news if that had happened. Probably. Like, we would have yeah. known.
1: The main thing that Lindy really wanted was that Azaria's death certificate reflect the truth, that it was a dingo, not that it was causes unknown, not that it was at the result of murder, that they knew exactly what had happened and she didn't get that until Mm. 2012. Oh, Mm. my goodness. Uh, So if you want more details, there's a very detailed book called Evil Angels by a guy Mm -hmm. called John Bryson. That documentary I mentioned, uh, Lindy Chamberlain, The True Story, it's in two parts and it's fantastic. And you get to see so much footage from then as well as The Family Now. Mm -hmm. That podcast series I suggested, A Perfect Storm. um, And of course, Lindy's book now called A Dingo's Got My Baby is a really good source as well.
0: And also... um The 60 Minutes interview that came out, was it late last year or early? It was late last year. It was last year, I think, because I definitely watched it in Adelaide, so I was living (laughs) here. Because Um, last
1: year was the 40th anniversary, there was lots of of media stuff about her.
0: Um, Mm. I will say that that interview is great to watch. The one main thing I pulled away from it was, like you said, just how gracious she is Mm. and how brilliantly she has managed to move on with her life, with, like, dignity and grace, which, you know, she, we do not deserve that from her, yet she mm-hmm. continues to offer it. And you, mm-hmm. you can really see that in the 60 Minutes interview, as well as her yeah. spunky-ass hair
1: <laughs> and nails. Yeah. Get into yeah. it, watch it, enjoy it. And, um, yeah, if, by all means, send Lindy a letter or at the very least just send her some positive thoughts because she deserves it.
0: God, send her a, a voucher for a massage. yeah she just she deserves all the nice things Mm -hmm. well that was good just the gist of lindy chamberlain told you it was intense all righty well gosh um Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just the Gist podcast um, or Rosie Waterland or Jacob williams Um Send us a, a suggestion at just the Gist podcast at gmail.com. Like and what do they have to do? Subscribe.
1: Subscribe. Leave us a S- comment if you want.
0: Subscribe and like. Leave a comment about how nasally I am. And that's all the things we always forget to mention. And we only do, we do this once like every 12 episodes. We're like, oh wait, we're meant to say all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got one. Perth. My show Kid Chameleon got rescheduled. Tickets are on sale now. It's like, pretty close to being sold out so get in there I totally forget the date I'm pretty sure it's August sometime but um yeah definitely go get tickets for um Kid Chameleon in Perth just google Rosie Waterland Kid Chameleon I oh, will put the link in the show notes and also mm-hmm. Brisbane it is going to Brisbane as well and tickets are on sale now and my promoter would be really mad if I didn't mention it so Brisbane <laughs> Perth tickets are on sale and Jacob usually comes and I'll say some funny things. So it'll be great. Hooray!
1: You'll love it, I promise.
0: And (laughs) um, yeah, that's the things we have to say. Mm -hmm. See you next week. Love ya. If I make it that far. (laughs) Now that I'm 35.
1: Best wishes. Take care.
0: (laughs) Best wishes. What is it? Warmest regards. Warmest regards. Bye. Bye. Listener.